missionaries who come to us, and I have huge respect for all the missionaries because there's one of the missionaries who traveled to India why we have accepted Jesus Christ many, many, many years ago after the, um, the Assemblies of God and the Church of God, you know, the missionaries who traveled to India, um, and all of their pioneer work has been a blessing. I worked in the Assemblies of God, Anisha and I, we worked at the Assemblies of God World Missions for almost two and a half years, met with almost closely around 5,000 to 6,000 missionaries, uh, you know, spent time with them and um, got one-on-one with a lot of, you know, I was talking to, uh, you know, one of the pioneers of Bethel Bible College uh, missionary there and um, the Pune Bible. I was talking to all of them. Whenever I talk to all of these people, I see their heart and their hunger for the lost souls. I see um, what they have left and they went and they lived a life among our fellow Indian brothers and sisters to just glorify God and to be part of God's extension in this world. It is marvelous. It is marvelous. Some of us, when we look into the American dream and we move here, a lot of our people look into the Indian dream and move back there. I'm thankful for those missionaries. I pray that the Lord will continue to bless them and help them. I know the, the season right now, the political season, is not more the favorable for a lot of our missionaries. Um, I don't want to talk a lot because we are on live stream right now. But, uh, you know, God has been a great business on bringing people to the Lord. God is attracting people. And I believe this is the season where His anointing flows upon all flesh. And we will all, it's all hands on deck in this season because this is the last hour, I believe. And everybody who has a calling in your life, it's not just one person who's a missionary. I believe every individual here, you are a missionary for God Almighty. Amen. You represent Him. And we move forward in that, in that God's God-given direction. And I believe there's so many people, even in Dallas City, just last week I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, a dear brother, um, whom I respect a lot. And we are, we are bringing together all the multi-ethnic churches and pastors and leaders of all the multi-ethnic churches together. I'm praying, I need your prayers for that. I'm praying that we will network together to work in this vineyard. God has placed us here. I know God has blessed each one of us. But can I tell you, our greatest reward is when we bring souls for the kingdom. When we bring and reach out people for God's kingdom. Hallelujah. And I believe I and we will stand together to do this wonderful thing. In Richardson, in Garland, in all the cities in our neighborhood. Wherever God has placed you, know that. All the great testimonies that our brother Daniel and Pastor Alex was sharing here. Can I tell you something? You, you must be the ones who should tell all these stories too. You should be the one who should share this. So December 31st, when we stand here and we stand, I want to ask and I want to challenge. When we stand here, I went and I preached gospel to that person. I shared. I've become a witness in my office. I became a witness in my community. That should be our testimony, I believe. This year, when we have a watch night service, 31st. If that's not our testimony, then please don't stand up. <laughs> Luke chapter 15, verse 11 onwards is a topic that I want to bring your attention towards for the next 15 minutes. We want to look into that portion. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 onwards. We know the story. We know it talks about the prodigal son. We know that it's about the story about this one guy uh, who, who took what, he, what, what was his and he walked away from his father, went to a distant country. We know all of that story. But this morning, I want to title my message as Recklessly Extravagant. Recklessly Extravagant. And when we look into this aspect, this portion here, we know the story how it goes. It talks about the lost son. Jesus 
himself brings out this parable and talks to his disciples and everybody around Jesus and he explains to them about the lost son. And, and as he is mentioning to them about the lost son, it is the story is not just revolved around the lost son. The story is not about the prodigal son. It is about the father. It is about the, we have heard this message maybe a million times, but today I want to remind uh, all of us to understand that it was not about the prodigal son, but it was about this father. Pro, the word prodigal means extravagant, lavish. So what I mean here, it's not about the prodigal son, but it's about the prodigal father. It's about the extravagant love of this father that has attracted the son to come back to his fold. And what I try to say here is this father had two sons. We all know the story, even in your even in your dream, if I wake you up, you know the father had two sons and the one, the youngest son walked away. We know the story. We know it by heart. We have done it in our Sunday school and everything we understand. But at the same time, the same time, when given the life situation, we could be that lost son. Or in other words, we could be that father figure. So today as I bring out this message, I want us to understand and understand the value of the scripture that Jesus was sharing. It's about us taking the mandate of becoming a father figure to many others. Yesterday, Brother Joji shared um, you know, a post on our church uh, in our group network and it was about the fatherless generation. So I was going through the stats of each of the, 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 the numbers being given by the society and the community and the government about the generation, the fatherless generation that our country right now has, I was just shocked. I'm like, God, is that true? This is our nation. That's where I ask you, you can be a missionary right there to become a father to many others. Not necessarily you, your, your own biological children, but, but many other people around in our community, in our nation, who doesn't have a father figure in their lives. And I believe that us as fathers, we can take the mandate and stand with God and embrace our arms around those people who are completely destroyed. Childhood that has been destroyed by many youngsters. And I pray that we will take up that role as Zion Church, as fathers, as families together. We will understand we are the ones that God has appointed us to be that prodigal father in this generation. That we will bring back those people who have walked away from God, who has gone to distant land. When we look to the scriptures here, one of the things that we understand here is, I'm going to read it for you. Jesus continued, verse 11 onwards, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, it's always, the, the older ones are always the best. The younger ones, oh my goodness, I have a younger brother too. <laughs> I'm dividing your families today, but children are a blessing. So he divided his property between them. Not long ago, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off to a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth and living for a wild living, for a wild living. Now this is what I want to bring your attention towards. The youngest son demanded what was his. But as he reminds and as he is asking his father for his share of the property, for his share of the wealth, he's, in other words, you know, bringing a shame to the father himself. Because back in those, that culture and community, you don't ask your father your share unless the father decides to give it to you. 
But if in turn you go and ask your father, it simply means that you're no longer alive for me. You are dead. I count you as dead. So I need that property right now. Are you trying to understand this? So the young guy growing up in dad's care, the young guy growing up under dad's wings and, uh, you know, dad's credit card and dad's life and business and everything that he had, dad had, he had too. But one day he comes up to dad and he says, dad, you know what? I know that you have given me everything. But give me my share. Let me go to a distant country. This is what I'm talking to you. Some of the kids here. Don't make that foolish decision in your life of going to a distant land away from your parents. It's never a blessing. It's never a blessing. I'm, the distance here is not meant in terms of measurements of miles or kilometers. It could be measured in terms of your heart's condition. And most of the time, we as children of God, we have to understand, you may be sitting, sitting right here, but you're still distant from the church. You're sitting right here, but you're still distant from the leadership. You're sitting right here, but you're distant from God. You come to Sunday morning before everybody arises, but you're still distant from God. That could be your heart's condition. If that's you, reconcile today. Where are you seated? Where are you placed yourself? Are you in a distant location from where God is? Come on, any location, any place away from the presence of God is a distant land. And in the distant land, you will always have a wild living. Because you, are, you don't want to be accountable for anybody. I mean, that's one reason why we see all our kids going to colleges, right? Because you don't want to be under anybody and you can do whatever you want. I'm sorry I'm putting you on spot, but these are good guys, you know. I mean, you can do whatever you want. But even if it is, I'm miles and miles and oceans away from my dad. But my heart is connected to him. That matters the most. I could be miles away from parents. I could be, yo, yo, we could be miles away in terms of distant location and measurements. But still, how is our heart's condition? Are we distant away from, from them? So as I bring this message today, I want us the youngsters to reconcile. I want us parents to know your place and position and know and understand that how is our heart's condition. The young son came up to father and said, Father, you know what? I thank you for all the things that you have done in my life. But today, I want you to give my share. I'm going to say goodbye to you. Just imagine when he approached dad, what was the condition of dad? You just called me a dead man. You just killed me with your words. I hope those, no children will ever do that to your fathers, your, your parents. That through your words, you, 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 you put them down. Through your words, you try to... I mean, your words are more sharper than, than the swords around. Through your words. Your words are very important, children. So when you, when you, when you, when you, do, when you see your parents come back after work and all that they do, you know, go and hug them and tell them, I love you, Dad. Don't just call them for your credit card numbers and the shopping spree that you want to do. Don't just call them for that. Oh, mama, please, credit card. I have done that too, but now I feel sorry. I say, like, Dad, you know what? I should have called you quite often to let you know. Mom, I should have called you quite often to let you know how much I care for you. That's godliness in you. That is a child of God. That's how a child of God should look like. And this, this son comes up to father and father's heart is broken, but yet he knows Maybe my child is ready for an adventure. Maybe my child is ready. You know, sometimes what we can do is 
we can control our children the more we can with our words and everything, but there's a limit to how you can control. Without restraining the relationship, you have to know that what you can do, do it. But after a certain limit, just allow God to intervene. Because you cannot do everything to pull them together. Sometimes you have to let go into the hands. What we do all the time is we try to pull, pull, and that hurts our relationships. When I talk with a lot of our families, I see broken relationships. Why? Because we try to keep pulling and pulling. We're not allowing God to work and intervene. Can I tell you something? If the Lord wants to take them to a place for them to learn and understand what is life away from Father, let it be so. But make sure that you are still waiting for that child. Make sure that you're praying hard for that child. Sometimes we cannot do everything to pull everything together. All we can do is, when we cannot do things in our ability, that's where you rely on God's power and His strength. And you say, God, I could do all the things that you have asked me to do, but today, I now give my son to your hands. He's a grown-up man. He makes his own decisions. He's a, it's a grown-up child. They make their own decisions. I give them to your hands, O oh Lord. I want you to intervene. Do not, do not strain your relationship. Do not strain the relationship within your family. That hurts everything. That hurts. I've seen so many families and I, as I minister. It's completely broken and within itself. And, 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 and there's no unity within the family. You have strained it. You have controlled too much. You have controlled too much. Sometimes you have to let go so that God can intervene. Don't keep holding on. Don't keep holding on. But as, as we look here, we see the fact that here I want to look into is the distant country. How distant are you from God Almighty today? How distant are you from God's presence? How distant are you from, how distant are you from your Father? How distant are you? Y'all are sitting right here and all just just few meters away from me, but still you're distant. How distant are you? My question would be, if you're distant, are you ready to come closer to God? Are you ready to track back to God? Is the I mean, one, you are distant. But when you are in that distant location, you have to identify where you are at. And you have to make a choice to walk behind. And that's the most important truth in the scripture here. That he identified himself. That he is conned and he has lived a wild living and he has enjoyed his life lavishly and spent all that he had. But one of the things you have to understand about the, the distant country is when you are in a distant country, you will have friends that are not from God. You will have people around you that are not appreciative of the way you should be living. That ends up in your choices of your lifestyle and, and, and the things that you do which are not godly at all. So today, as I'm talking to you, you can identify yourself if you are that lost son, that lost daughter, the lost child of God Almighty. Your actions, your deeds, your talks, your gestures, your moves, everything that you do, it's not a godly way, which simply means you're living a wild life. God is looking at your guy. I mean, as you come back, my son, I'm waiting for you. Come back, my child, I'm waiting for you. Just look into ourselves today and understand how is my heart's condition? Am I distant from my God, my Creator? Am I distant from Him? 
Everything that God wanted to me, everything that meant life for me, I have walked away. I've turned my back on it. And I walked away from him. And today, let's make it a decision. Lord, all I need is you. I come back. I track back to where you are at. It's your heart's condition. Not, you know, uh, we, we have our brothers, you know, who, who are part of our church and they go to India and still they call and they let us know the message and then they let us, let us know, Pastor, I miss our church. I miss our worship. Because it's not just the distance in terms of miles, but it's the condition of the heart. Even when you are in the church, how is your heart's condition with the church ministry that is happening here? How is your heart's condition? I am praying and I'm encouraging that we will grow together in the Lord Almighty. As a family, we will come closer to Him because He is our Father. Number two, we see in a distant country, sometimes God gets us into a time and moment where we will enjoy famine. Why did I say we will enjoy famine? Because that's the moment in our life for us to reconcile with God Almighty. God, you know, I have the money and everything. I can buy all the things with my money. But what about if there is famine and you have nothing to buy? You have the money, but the land that you are at, you have nothing to do with it because all your money can buy because there is no supply. There's a famine in the land. And that's where God changes your heart. And that's where you come to a realization of all that you have is of worthless, is of no use. Because if you have no God, you will always end up in places of famine. You may have the luxuries of life, but with no God in your life, it's a famine area. Are you going through a season of famine? Maybe God is trying to tell you something. My son, I am waiting for you. My daughter, I am waiting for you. زندگی میں کافی بار ایسے جگہ آ جاتے ہیں ہمارے پاس بھوک ہمیں ایسیت بتاتا ہے سمجھاتا ہے وین ہنگر اسٹرکس اٹ لیٹس ایس نو ویر دا کچن از اینڈ ہو از اے پرووائڈر دس گائی واز ہنگری ہی ہیڈ دا منی ہی لیو اے لیوش لائف ہی ڈیڈ آل ہی کوڈ ڈو He spent all his money and influence. Everything is gone. His friends are gone. When money is gone, honey is gone. When money is gone, friends are gone. When money is gone, everything is gone. He lost all it all. Thank God for the famine that has come to your life. Because that's the point where you can realize, God, world cannot supply all my needs, only you. And I thank this guy, you know, that time what he realized was, I have to go back. I have to go back. My, you know, what I try to understand is where the father is, there's your resource. Where the father is, that's your source of your resource. Oh, come on. Y'all understanding this? That's the source of your resource where father is present. Oh, you're not understanding this. Come on, church. Where your father is, that's where your resource is. Because He is the source of all that you have. And without Him, all your resources will, will end one fine day. All your resources will go. But come back to the source. Come back to the Father. Because He is the giver. He's the protector. He's the guy. He is our He's my good, good 
Father, I come back to Him. I come back to Him. I glad, I'm, I'm so, I'm, you know, we, I mean, I'm not going to read all the scripture. We know it. Go back home and do your own reading once again. Luke chapter 15. When we see this guy spent his life and he had nothing to, you know where he end up? You know where he end up? Away from your father's house, you will always find yourself in the midst of pigs. Oh, come on. Jewish people have nothing to do with they hate, they hate pork, they hate lamb. They have nothing to do with it. But guess where this guy has found himself to be? Feeding those pigs. The story as Jesus was mentioning, this was a parable already existent in that land. Jesus was using that yet again to reaffirm the love of God to the life of this lost son. Jesus was using a parable that was already there. It was circulated among the story, among every generation. The story was already circulated. But guess what? In the Jewish tradition, the story ends when the guy finds himself with the pigs. That's how the, the moral of the story is. If you walk away from your father, if you put your father down, you will always find yourself in the pig. But you know what? When the tradition ended the story with the lost guy, the guy, you know, finding himself, finding odd jobs with the pigs, Jesus continued the story and said, the son had a realization and he walked back to the father. That's where Jesus, I mean, that's the most important part of the story because every other Jewish tradition has the same similar story going on where the son finds himself in the midst of the pigs. But when the tradition and the story, Jesus continued the story and let them know that there is a father who was waiting for the return of the son. And the son decided in his heart that I have to get back to my source because all that I have, I have squandered. Now I have to go back to the love of God in my life. He is pulling me together. It's the reckless, extravagant love of the father that is attracting me towards him. His love attracts me. God is pulling you today. Are you ready to have a turnover in your life? Are you ready to walk right? How can you love God if you cannot love your father in earth? How can you love God who is now visible? So as I bring out these verses and Remind us, church, you know, we, I want us to go through this reconciliation within ourselves, within our church family. One of the most important truths of the lavish father here is about his lavish love. His lavish love. What I like of the story as we go forward, can I have the worshiping behind me? When we go to the story, we understand that one of the truths is the three things that the father does when he sees the son. Do we, we know, we, do we know the story? You know the story, right? What does the father do? He's waiting for the son, right? And at the distant, he finds his son. Very distant. So he's keenly looking every day. And he's waiting. When is my son going to walk back? He knows that one day, all the wealth that he has will be gone. And his son will come back. Are you trying to understand this? So the father is waiting. He's eagerly waiting for the return of his son. And every day, he's waiting eagerly. For the son to return and one day out of his window as he was looking out in a very distant area he finds he finds a young man walking and as he looks the way the son was walking maybe tired broken but the father understands oh that style of walking is my son's do you understand that 
Sometimes you can identify people with the way they walk. Because everybody has a different kind of walk. Some people walk, oh, I'm tired all the time. Some people walk up straight. You know, there's a style of everybody walking, right? This father looked at the son in the distance and he saw, he understood that this is my son. He might be look, he might look broken and, 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 and what I like of that scripture here is when you read that portion, verse 20 onwards, we understand the moment father looked at the son, father did not wait for the son to approach, but the father ran to that's a total no in Jewish tradition. Guess what? When Jesus repeats all of this, he's breaking the traditional codes then. He runs to the sun. He runs right to the sun. He didn't say, oh, you are a stinky boy. Go shower and come. No, 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 no. He didn't give him perfumes and stuff. He threw his arms around his son and kissed him and said, you are my beloved son. You are my child. Come on, buddy. When you walk back to God, this is the same thing that you will experience. If you can experience the same thing from God, how should you be doing? What you should be doing when your own child comes back to you? If this is what you get, if this is the treatment you get from your, your father in heaven, and this is what you expect from your father in heaven, what are you doing to your children here? We all have messed up lives. We are not perfect here. But the moment we come back to our fathers, I'm hoping and I'm praying that we will embrace them. We will kiss them. We will take them to our fold and let them know, son, all that I have is yours. And I'm praying. I'm praying. The words that talks to most, talk, talk most into my life there is, when the father saw the son, you know what he did? He asked the servant to come. Get me the best Gucci blazer. <laughs> I'm looking at Christian right now. George Uncle, he's a good son. Get me the best. I'm telling the servants. Get me the best robe that is present in our house. Put it on him. The robe of salvation. The robe of acceptance. You're still part of me. The next thing that most Malayalis would not like is the ring. Is the ring. Oh, I love it so much. It's the ring. I'm not going to give it to you. But bring the ring. Put it on him. It just shows that he is still my son all that I have is his he is mine how dare you take him away from me he is mine and you have to know too when I put the robe on you you're back in my fold when I put the ring on you you are my son you know what the son was going through you know what the son was thinking you know only if I could work as a slave in my father's house. My, the slaves in my father's, the servants in my father's house has better life than I am right now. I'm a son, but I've messed up. But you know what the father does? 
he asked his servant, you know what? Get me the royal robe. Get me the royal ring. Get me the royal sandals. You know what sandals mean? The Jewish tradition, slaves were not allowed to put sandals. But God asked, you know, Jesus says in this whole story, now the father continued the story here. He said, bring me the sandals. He's no longer a slave, but he is my son. He's not a slave anymore. He thought only if he could be a slave, but he's not a slave anymore. He is my son. If this is what our Heavenly Father does to you, what can you do to your son? Children, you're going to get a lot of bank money today. Your father, I'm, I'm, I'm asking that. But what can we do? We're all messed up. But when a child runs back to our fathers, we take on the position with God Almighty to love them, to cover them, to protect them. Oh, it's the reckless, extravagant love of this heavenly father that has been going through generations after generation. And I pray a remnant of believers will stand up in this house today who will say, I will stand as a forgiving father for generations to come in this community. Can we all rise up in God's house? It's the extravagant, reckless love of my father. Most of us here, we are still taking up the role of the older brother. We identify ourselves as the older brother. Well, why him? I have been with you all the time. We try to push people away because we are the older brothers. But try to understand this. He was lost, but now he is found. My son was dead, but now he's alive. And I'm going to celebrate this. I'm going to celebrate this. There's a party in the house because a sinner has come back to the Lord. There's a party in the house because someone who walked away has come back. Oh, the reckless love of God. Oh, Jesus.